Welcome to the Kingdom Influencing Podcast. I am your host, Derek L. Calhoun, the author of Press Into the Power. I hope you're enjoying this music that we have. Uh, This song is called Miracle from Sylvia Jones' latest music project, which is available online wherever music is sold or streamed. Or you can reach out to her on her website, www.sylviajones.com, helping you experience God's presence through contemporary worship. Listen, uh, before we get started today, I want to bring you just a quick note from our sponsor, Distinction Inc. Do you need custom t-shirts or hoodies? Look no further than Distinction Inc. From screen printing to embroidery, Distinction Inc. provides high-quality apparel and promotional items with stress-free customer service. Distinction Inc. also provides competitive pricing, especially for nonprofit organizations and churches. If you have any upcoming projects, they would love to earn your business and exceed your expectation. You can request a quote by visiting www.distinctioninc.com. Distinction Inc. We deliver results that make you say, wow. All right, let's get ready for the Kingdom Influencing Podcast. Welcome to the Kingdom Influencing Podcast. I'm your host, Derek L. Calhoun. We hope that you are making this your favorite drive time podcast. Today, I've been thinking about and praying about this topic. I've started a series on the New Testament church, and I pray that you are listening to this series. Uh, It will bless you. It will bless you. It will bless your church. It will bless your leaders. If you are a leader in the church or a leader of a a ministry in the church, it's something that you should listen to. But today, I want to stay in that same vein. But God began to speak to me a few weeks ago and give me revelation, actually a few days ago, to give me revelation about the current state of the church, where we are, and what we need to get out of. There's some things that have become habit in the church that need to be removed from the church. There are things that have become habits in our lives that need to be removed from our lives. And we know that there are negative and toxic habitual habits that are in the life of the saints. And if any man say he does not sin, he lies and the truth is not in him. So we know we have a war going on in our spirit versus our flesh and that we need to overcome the war that's in our flesh because we overcome by the blood of the lamb and the words of our testimony. This is not a losing battle. Remember, we are members of the body of Christ and as members of the body of Christ, we are members of the church. If we're members of the church, then we cannot participate in the church with negative expectations. Let's get into this message And I pray that it blesses you. It's entitled, The Church Without Purpose. The Church Without Purpose. There are approximately 2 to 3 billion confessing Christians in the world today. 2 to 3 billion. What does this number really mean, though, if we go to church without purpose? If we live aimless lives outside of the church with only a set of worldly goals and priorities, how can we call ourselves Christians? In the true sense of the word, followers of Jesus Christ. 
Christians follow the standards and the systems set in place through scripture and facilitated by Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ's number one objective was to obey the Father with relentless further. If his Father said it, he repeated it. If his Father told him to do it, he did it. It is possible, saints. It is possible, friends, to have a relationship with God that transcends going to church but is personal and intimate between you and God. See, Christianity is not religion. Religion is religion, man's way of worshiping God. But Christianity, in its true essence and its true sense, is man's relationship with God as defined by the Holy Bible. Our relationship with God as defined by the Holy Bible. How do we measure up against what the Bible tells us that we should be doing in accordance with our Christian lifestyle. Okay, so let, let's move on. Let's move on. The disciples who eventually became apostles followed that same process in the footsteps of Jesus and embraced the same system that Jesus lived by. Do you get up every morning with the will of the Father impressed upon you? Are you looking at the scripture for guidance? Is pleasing God and advancing the kingdom your number one priority? Or does your life revolve around your needs, your wants, and your desires? If our lives do not line up to the scripture, then what are we doing but living an aimless life? We have slowly and unintentionally become the church without purpose. A church without purpose has no influence. We merely hang around the peripheral blessings of God, picking up the crumbs that fall off the table. Instead of being in pursuit of the presence of God, in a way where the blessings of God overwhelm us, and I'm taking that from Deuteronomy 28 and 2, we are just living our lives without purpose. On Sunday mornings, we should be an advancing army, not a group of wounded, tattered, and battered soldiers who need triage and reviving. We should come to church with the purpose to worship our God, and in that worship, there is refreshing fellowship and direction from God. The word should be completing, compelling, and confirming confirming what we've read and studied during the course of the week. Our experiences at church should be dynamic and fulfilling unless church is only a Sunday morning ritual that we do out of moral obligation or tradition. When a church is a Sunday morning ritual, you have become the church without purpose. Church is now boring, listless, a sleeper, the word has no effect. We sit around looking for points of criticism rather than points of prayer. When your discussion after church is centered around the shortcomings of the pastor and the church, we are in the wrong headspace and heart space and God is not pleased. We should go to church expecting breakthrough, miracles, and a move of God with power. 
These thoughts and desires should permeate our spirit all week long. It should anchor our prayers for the church during the week. We should cover the church leadership and the pastor and the first family and the members of the church in prayer. The pastor and the first family, they are the first partakers of the suffering that you will experience in many instances. They take on the blood of demonic attacks because they lead the ministry. We are here in the earth to advance the kingdom and to win souls to the saving grace of Jesus Christ. And we can't do that if our lights are not shining on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. If our mouths are filled with the condemnation of the church, those who need Jesus will not come to church because of the things that we say out of our mouths. We cannot do ministry properly in a dead, ritualistic, predictable church environment filled with critical and callous hearts waiting to be dismissed like a Friday afternoon English lit or calculus class during the last week of high school. The church must wake up. We must get back to God. We must get back to worship. Realign our alliances with people who are serious about their relationships with God. Our lives and our mouths should demonstrate this meaningful relationship with God. Remember, as we judge the church and the people in the church, God is judging us. I'll say that again. Remember, as we judge the church and the people in the church, God is judging us. We need to figure out whose side we are on. Are we on the Lord's side or are we on the side of the Lord of the Flies? We cannot continue to put our efforts into wrestling with flesh and blood, which is people, and not against principalities, powers, the rulers of darkness of this world, and spiritual wickedness in high places, as discussed in Galatians 6 and 12. Make up your mind whose team you are on. Take your mouth off the church and put your mouth on the devil and his imps and his despicable works in the earth. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. When you are tearing down the people and the church, it speaks to the condition of your heart. Whatever's in your heart is going to come out of your mouth. You say you love God, but you don't love people. But that's impossible because in order to love God, we have to love people. Love God with all your heart, mind, and soul. And love your neighbor as you love yourself. So if, if we're in that posture, then we have to love people. And we have to remember the power of death and life is always in your tongue. And those that love it shall eat the fruit thereof. Proverbs 18 and 2. One translation in the New, in the New Living uh, Translation says this. The power of death and life is always is in your tongue. And those who talk a lot will suffer. The consequences. Stop desecrating the church and God with your negative thoughts and slashing remarks. Learn to build up and edify. Pronounce and declare blessings. Learn to forgive. Don't hold grudges. Forgive. Let it go. Forgive. Let it go. Forgive. Let it go. Being in a church that is surrounded by people will always cause some form of consternation because everybody in the church is not 
a born again believer. Some people in the church are born again, but they're babes. So they still have a lot of the world system in them. They still do things that are connected to the world system. But you cannot let their growth and their youthful development detour you from getting into the places of intimacy with God because of what someone said. Even if it's in upper leadership, even if it's in the pastor, we have to learn to forgive. I believe Hannah had a situation with her pastor, the priest, and he told her that she was drunk. She did not go at him sideways, but she merely said, no, my Lord, I am not drunk. She maintained that modicum of respect and honor. And then that same man was used by God to bless her womb and to bless her circumstance and to bless her situation. God will use people to bless you, but you have to hang in there. Sometimes the enemy is trying to get you to run and leave and shut down right before God's getting ready to speak through the very vessel that spoke negative or toxic things into your life. You have to be discerning. We have to believe God. We have to fight the good fight of faith on behalf of your family, on behalf of the community, on behalf of the church. Let's get in position and become the church with purpose. And I want to close out with just this little passage of scripture from James 3, 1 through 12. I'm going to read it from the New English Translation. And I want you to remember to control, to guard your tongue. Pray, God, help me to guard my tongue. Help me to think about what I'm saying before I can say it because I can say something that I cannot take back in 30 years. Help me to have my words seasoned with grace. Help me not to speak negative all the time. Help me to look at things positively, to look at a bigger picture and to see the works of the enemy, to see the works of God so that I'm not so easily deceived by every wind of doctrine and by the customs of men. Let's get ourselves together. But listen to this, lest we come subject to the wiles of our tongue. Not many of you should become teachers, my brothers and sisters, because you know that we will be judged more strictly. For we all stumble in many ways. If someone does not stumble in what he says, he is a perfect individual, able to control the entire body as well. And if we put bits, you know, like a horse bit, into the mouth of horses to get them to obey us, then we guide their entire bodies. Look at ships too. Though they are so large and driven by the harsh winds, they are steered by a tiny rudder wherever the pilot's inclination directs. Now, all of these things, the bit in the horse's mouth controlling his entire body, the rudder on the ship controlling the entire ship. Now listen to this about the tongue. So too, the tongue is a small part of the body, yet it has great pretensions. Think how small a flame sets a huge forest ablaze. And the tongue is a fire. The tongue represents the world of wrongdoing among the parts of our bodies. It pollutes the entire body 
and sets fire to the course of human existence and is set on fire by hell. For every kind of animal, bird, reptile, and sea creature is subdued and has been subdued by humankind. But no human being can subdue the tongue. It is a restless evil, full of deadly poison or venom. With, with it we bless the Lord and Father, and with it we curse people made in God's image. From the same mouth come blessings and cursings. These things should not be so, my brothers and sisters. A spring does not pour out fresh water and bitter water from the same opening, does it? Can a fig tree produce olives, my brothers and sisters? Or a vine produce figs? Neither can salt water produce fresh water. So then, my brothers and sisters, wake up. Wake up, church. Let's ask God to control our tongues. Let's make sure that we use our tongues to edify, to lift up, to exalt, to bless, to honor, to speak good things. Let's not use our tongue to condemn unless we are condemning the things of the enemy. Let's use our tongue to forgive. Let's use our tongue to share love. Let's use our tongue to influence the nations. Let's pursue the kingdom in Jesus' name. You have been listening to the Kingdom Influencing Podcast. I am your host, Derek L. Calhoun. I pray that this podcast has blessed you, has been a part of changing and transforming your mind. And I exhort you during the course of this week to make sure that you go and influence the nations. God bless and have a great week.